community content from Concentrate. You're up and Adam with Adam Montiel. Happy Monday. We back December 4th, 2023. Thanks for being up and Adam. I'm Adam Montiel. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. A little slow cow weekend recap. Cab Franc Day was incredible. I mean, just the second year, every year this gets better and better. Did a beautiful dinner at Dow. Uh, Chef Spencer Johnston killed it. So many good wines up there, too. So many people are doing Cab Franc from J. Lore, LXV, Dow, Patrimony, uh, Brecken. Austin Hope has a great Cab Franc, too. One in distribution, and then the Seller Select. Beautiful stuff. It was so nice to sit across from him and his uh, lovely wife, Celeste, at the dinner. And I will tell you, uh, the attention to detail and the hospitality and the smiles and, like, the genuine interest in you as a guest when you're at Dow, every time I'm up there, I'm just like, damn. Like, I, you know— I know that they're supporting this podcast, but this, I'm just telling you, straight up, you go there, and you, you, you feel like VIP. Just uh, being a guest at this dinner, the people are so attentive, so good. Cab Franc is so much fun. And then yesterday, up at Cass, it was a big seminar. Wes Hagen led it, did just a fantastic job. I was so nervous. They stuck me right in the front row, which was super neat, and it was, it was engaging. You're next to Matt Ketman and uh, Mira Honeycutt on, on the other side. It's like, whoa. And then Wes is just dynamic. The panel uh, guests were incredible. Let me see. There was uh, Austin Hope, Chris Toronto, Paso Wine Alliance, Jeff Strakas, the winemaker for LXV and Onyx, super cool dude. Uh, Bill Gibbs, Bill Gibbs from G2. Yeah, what a panel. But it was certainly fun. Cab Franc Day, can't wait for next year. They really did a fantastic job with it. So well done to all the folks who made Cab Franc Day a thing. Nita Kunamital, all the folks involved, and not just a thing, but a wonderful thing. It was great. Also, a little recap of the Downtown Slow Holiday Parade. That was so much fun. Again, on that corner of Osos and Monterey, Lady I Fancy, and I announced the parade. And then we got some help from our intern, Grace Bennett. She was an intern on the morning show for a while. We're going to be using her, hopefully, for some more stuff here. A tremendously talented young lady and did a great job. Listen. Not bad, huh? She's a natural. I love the parade. Samba Loca. The bands. We've got a little bit of Cal Poly band. Let's do it. After about 88, 87, 88 floats, it was a big parade. The man himself, Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, come around in that old vintage fire truck. So cool. Who is ready for Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, apparently I was excited. A little extra, but whatever. Right? It's, it's a Christmas parade. So much fun. Downtown slow. Well done. The city, it was cool to see the city council, the trolley, Erica Stewart, our mayor. We're going to be getting her on the show uh, this week, which I'm excited about. Or is it next week? It's coming up soon. We're going to have the mayor on. I'm excited about that. And just well done. I look forward to that parade every single year, and it never disappoints. What a night. 
Today on the show, we're going to talk our breaking and entering Christmas, zeroing in on that family and getting into stage two. Christmas is just around the corner. This is going to happen now faster than you think. Breaking and entering is coming at you. We will give you an update today. Also, stand-up comedian, a writer, Emmy Award winner, Greg Fitzsimmons. He's a super funny guy. He's going to be on to talk about a movie he's in called The Road Dog. And this is kind of a little bit different look at stand-up comedy. I'm a huge fan of stand-up comedy. And this movie kind of, you know, kind of exposes some of the soft white underbelly of stand-up. We'll find out from Greg why he wanted to get involved with the movie. Also, I'm so curious because I, I sometimes liken, at least in my head, stand-up comics to musicians as they tour. What are some of the habits and things that they get into when they're on tour, like a national tour? Uh, just like musicians, stand-up comics have their own uh, quirks and things that they're getting into as they're touring the country. I'm going to ask Greg about that and more when we talk to Greg Fitzsimmons. Coming up now, we got our Lo-Fi Headlines. Up and Adams, Lo-Fi Headlines. Pretty quiet on the local news front. There was a mountain lion spotted in Los Osos. A lady named uh, Terry Esselam. She has her camera. Like everyone's got a camera now, right? The ring cameras, they're on the house, the mailbox. So she's got a couple of them. And normally she will wake up every morning and she'll go to the camera to see perhaps what she caught overnight. Not caught, but what the camera caught, right? And she'll see coyotes. She'll see deer. She lives in Los Osos off uh, Elfin. But the other night, a huge mountain lion caught three times on her camera. She said she's got a couple little 10-pound podangos. I've never heard of that dog. I had to Google it. Really cute. Cute little dogs. Portuguese podango. Got little, like, scruffy hair up front. They're cute, though. So she's going to be extra careful. But look, this is not the first time we've seen this or heard this or a story like this, especially in the advent that everybody's got these cameras. And I don't know if it was the pandemic or if it's that they're just getting more bold as they search for food, but these sightings are far more frequent. Normally they say when you're hiking up and around the central coast, you'll pass mountain lions all the time. You'll just never see them because they're very, they're above you. They're hidden. They don't want to be seen, but we're seeing them more and more. I don't know if it's the cameras or like we said, the pandemic, the food, something's going on, but mountain lions, they are most certainly our neighbors here. A couple AI stories that are a little creepy. A Spanish modeling agency said it's created the country's first AI influencer who's earning about 11,000 bucks a month as a model. Now, because that person's not real, that means the agency's earning 11,000 bucks a month without paying a model. Euronews reported this first based on an interview with Ruben Cruz, founder of the Barcelona-based modeling agency, The Clueless, which created the influencer. The AI-generated woman, Atiana Lopez, is a pink-haired 25-year-old. I don't know why we call her, she's 25, she's not, she's not 25, she's not real. But her account has amassed over 125,000 followers on Insta. Cruz told Euronews that he decided to create Lopez after having problems working with real models and real influencers. Quote, we started analyzing how we were working and realized that many projects were being put on hold or canceled due to problems beyond our control. Often it was the fault of the influencer or the model and not due to design issues. We did it so that we can make a better living and not be dependent on other people who have egos, who have manias, or who just want to make a lot of money by posing. At the time of this story, 56 photos have been shared on Lopez's Instagram account. Images of her dressed in lingerie have also been posted on FanView. It's a subscription-only platform similar to OnlyFans. Her most recent Instagram stories show her drinking cocktails on a night out, going to the gym. The agency created the image using Photoshop. Cruz said she was created with a personality, quote, personality, very loose quotes there, and also, quote, based on what society likes most. 
She's described as a strong and determined woman. And I can't believe we're like talking about her like she's real. This is so weird to me. A passionate Scorpio with a love for video games and fitness. This is just silly. Now, which is worse, this agency creating this model and actually making 11,000 bucks without having to pay a model or Sports Illustrated pulling a fast one over readers when they had to admit that a writer not only is not real, They've been using AI to write the articles. They used AI to make a face, a bio. It is a completely fake human being. Again, so Sports Illustrated doesn't have to actually pay anyone to do anything. They just created a dude named Drew Ortiz, called him a product reviews team member. It says Drew likes to say that he grew up in the wild, which is partially true. He grew up in a farmhouse surrounded by woods, fields, and a creek. And that's the thing is they're pulling this wool over our eyes. They're trying to make it come across like this person is real. Just tell us that it's fake from the beginning and then you don't have to get caught and then retract all this. Now, Sports Illustrated said they're deleting several articles from its website after a report found that the once celebrated legacy magazine had published the pieces under fake author names, fake profile images generated by AI. I mean, no print is having a hard time, but this is really a new low for what you would consider a big publication like Sports Illustrated. These people are getting found out because there'll be authors who folks can't find online. Uh, no colleagues could confirm that these people exist. So they're starting to get called out for creating AI fictitious people like this. I don't know. Slippery slope. Slippery slope indeed. All right. So it's holiday shopping season time. Here's a viral video that combines the words of Florida man and Black Friday. It's a twofer. A guy was convinced someone stole his parking spot at a mall so he got out of his car, threatened the driver and her passenger, just wigs out. Listen. I want to park. I was over here. Ooh, scary. 911, I'm at the Chandler Mall um, on the Dillard's parking lot. Um, we just parked in a spot and um, some man is outside of the car yelling and smacking on the window. We just feel really unsafe together. He just kicked her door and he's trying to kick it. Should I, I don't know if you can hear it, but... um. I, yeah. Yes, we're in the Dillard's parking lot. There's another lady on the phone. Um, he's literally kicking her door in and uh, smacking the window. We just feel very unsafe to get out of the car. Banging on the windows, kicks a door so hard it leaves a dent. He hangs around for a little while, yells at some other folks, then just leaves. Let's get it together, people. Ay ay ay. The state of Wisconsin snubs bourbon by elevating the brandy old fashioned to state cocktail status. What's this about? Well, in Wisconsin, the old-fashioned cocktail comes with brandy, not bourbon. Now, state lawmakers, they're making it somewhat official. A bipartisan resolution declaring the brandy old-fashioned as the official Wisconsin state cocktail. One approval. It's a resolution, not a bill. So even if it passed by the Senate, the brandy old-fashioned won't make it onto the list of other state symbols that include milk as the official beverage, Kringle as the official pastry, corn as the official grain. Getting that level of recognition enshrined in the state's blue book requires introduction of a bill, a public hearing, and then a signature from the governor. Only two states have gone that far. Both Alabama and Virginia have whiskey as their official state spirit. 
Some efforts to declare official state symbols in Wisconsin, like Colby as the official cheese, have run into opposition. The Colby proposal, since uh, 2019 it's been around, has been shredded, no pun intended, by those concerned that naming just one official cheese would hurt the sales or reputation, or the feelings really, let's be honest, of others. But the old-fashioned resolution will have a much smoother path because it's a resolution, again, not a bill. It carries real no weight of law. The legislature can adopt it without hearing or even getting any public input. If you're unfamiliar, the old-fashioned cocktail at just about every other place other than Wisconsin is traditionally made with a whiskey like bourbon, sugar, and bitters. But in Wisconsin, brandy usually replaces whiskey, and it's most often poured over a mixture of muddled cherries, orange slices, sugar, and bitters. Depending on how sweet or sour the drinker likes it, the concoction is then topped with a lemon-lime soft drink like a Sprite, maybe a sour mix, a club soda, or some combo of all of them. Typically garnished with a cocktail cherry and an orange slice, but it's also sometimes served with olives, pickled mushrooms, even pickled Brussels sprouts. They're doing it. They're doing their own thing in Wisconsin, that's for damn sure. The Wisconsin variation came about post-World War II when liquor distributors in Wisconsin found a cache of around 30,000 cases of quality brandy that they sold, which became more popular than the bad whiskey that was available during the war. And you know, if you have quality brandy, like look at our friends at Tin City Distillery and Wine Shine or Shoot Refine, if you're making quality brandy, uh, aging it in barrels, this stuff can be very good and give you a lot of those same vibes that you get from whiskey. All right, finally, you know we love ourselves some good news stories here, stories that just simply put a smile on your face. A guy in Austin, Texas named Joe Rotunda recently lost his dog, Fred, after 13 years and decided it was time to adopt again. And he went way above and beyond for a dog that no one else wanted. Her name was Alva. She has something called Wobbler Syndrome. It makes it hard for her to walk. And because of that, she was really defensive and did not like people. But Joe, he won her over by visiting her every day for two months. She eventually started to trust him. And then he took her in. He officially adopted her. She's doing fantastic. She quickly became best friends with another dog he has named Max. Listen. I saw a dog that didn't want anything get in her way, but she was very hesitant to open herself up to, to others. And it just took time. She has won me over in, in, in ways that I wasn't ready for, I didn't expect. I'm so glad they happened. I can't wait to share that story with Robin Coleman from the Woods Humane Society at the end of the week. That is a good story. Before we get to our conversation with comedian Greg Fitzsimmons, I want to let you know about our friends at the General Store Paso Robles, offering local goods, hand-picked gifts, a curated cookbook selection, and all the best for your pantry and home. The team of the General Store Paso can also help you pull together gift baskets for literally anyone. Someone at work, a sweetheart, a special thank you, closing gifts, welcome bags, or just a thoughtful gesture to show that you care. Helping the community connect with dozens of local makers, that is what they're all about. The Ladies of the General Store celebrating 10 years on the park downtown Paso. Open daily from 11 to 6 and 10 to 6 on weekends on Insta at General Store Paso. Lots of good feedback from our conversation with Jolie and the ladies on Friday. Thank you so much, General Store Paso, for being up and at them. Up and at them's lo-fi headlines. All right, coming up next, we'll talk our breaking and entering Christmas first. Comedian Greg Fitzsimmons. This is a real treat to have him on. Big fan of his comedy. He's an Emmy Award winning writer. He's part of a new movie called The Road Dog. It talks about stand-up comedy, but it also isn't afraid to expose a little of that soft white underbelly of what the stand-up comic scene traveling the whole thing is really all about. 
The movie is available wherever you stream movies now, Amazon Prime, YouTube. You can check it out anywhere. Just pop it up on your smart TV and check out The Road Dog. Greg Fitzsimmons is up and at him. Greg, obviously he's a stand-up comic. You want to make sure this movie comes out in just the right way. What were the producers really trying to get across and do right here? I think they created a lot of reality. And that the reality was the darkness. And then our reaction to it in the movie was something that people in the theater are laughing out loud at. This movie has already seen a lot of success in the in the film fest kind of circuit. And, you know, we got a, we got a film festival here and it's fun to see movies come up that way. And, you know, it's almost like you see the, the music industry changing a lot. Is this kind of the way that uh, films are kind of, you know, these days kind of put on? I mean, this is a really well done film. And you went the film fest route. How, what, what was the story behind that? Well, the filmmakers uh, were out of Chicago, Greg Jelena, and they basically made the film. It was a really heroic effort. They started with nothing, and I don't even know where they got the funding, but it was a low-budget film, and uh, me and Doug did it and uh, with no real expectations, and then all of a sudden he's winning Best Actor Awards and the film is winning Best Film Awards, and so all of a sudden, uh, we got the attention of uh, Byron Allen's company, and they got behind it. And there was a limited run in some theaters, and then it went to video. But they're really promoting it, and they're behind it. It's getting great feedback. And it's not something that I expected to happen. So, you know, these film festivals are really... They're, they're all we got because the big film studios are not, as you've noticed, they're not putting out interesting narratives anymore. They're putting out action movies and sequels and animation and CGI. And uh, to have, a, to have a, a, a film with heart like this is pretty rare. And I think without the film festivals, most people would never see them. You know, I talk to artists all the time who will tour and I feel gone are the days where it's like we're coming to a new city we're just finding the best bar we're getting tanked we're on to the next spot I mean now it's like yeah, where's where's the uh, the juice bar here you know where do I go get the wheatgrass right. I mean is, is has that leaked into comedy a little bit or is it still just very I mean this movie obviously talks about it being very heavy and very hard but have you noticed that kind of spilling into the comedy circuit oh yeah it's a business now it used to be it used to be the island of misfit toys. It was people that were, you know, too obnoxious to fit in on a regular job, ADHD, depression, alcoholism, childhood abuse. You know, it was all it was all the people that were broken. And now it's good looking young people with marketing degrees from a college education their parents paid for. And now they're working social media like professionals and their material is horrible and generic and there's no jokes. Um, not to sound bitter, but I, I respect like the young comics that are like, hey, can you bring me on the road with you? You know, I want I want to see what it's like to sleep in a hotel and do, you know, a Friday night late show in front of 12 people yeah. and suffer and get better. And those are the comics that you go like, all right, this this person has promise, but the ones that just want to stay in New York or L.A. and, you know, try to use stand up as a way to get a movie 
or a writing job or something like that. Those are the ones that never really amount to anything. Are these vehicles like TikTok, Instagram, or these places where you can get short little bites of things? You see people blow up, uh, and maybe I didn't even know. Like I've, I know Matt Rife basically on on Instagram or TikTok, not even from his standup. But it doesn't mean he's not a. I'm sure he's a really funny dude when you have him for an hour. Is that kind of a smart, savvy way, or is that almost like a little bit of watering down of the biz to get known by just these little itty bitty clips? It's the new way to do it. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, it used to be you try to get on late night TV shows. That's how it's been since the 1950s and 60s. And uh, and then it evolved into trying to get a one hour special on HBO. And then it turned into um, Netflix, Netflix. And now the new thing is trying to break through on social media. And you're seeing, you know, I'll come into a club Thursday through Saturday night. And I'll do okay. Maybe the club is sold out for one or two shows and maybe one or two are half empty. And then you find out that Wednesday night, some TikToker came in who's been doing comedy for three years and he sold out, you know, two shows on a Wednesday night. And you just go like, you look at the club owner like, hey, man, I don't know what to tell you. One of us is a real comedian and this is a comedy club. And one of us is making you more money. So I can't begrudge them who they book but it's changing the face of the comedy that people go out and see. And I think in the long run, people are seeing somebody who are not seasoned and have not put in their 10,000 hours, uh, but they're, but they are a mark, they're marketing geniuses. And you know what? Those two or 300 people that come to that show, they're not coming back to a comedy show because they just got burned. They just watch a garbage show and now they're not going to, they don't trust that club now. Are there any superstitions or even little stitions you have when you when you pack up and hit the road ho- with hotels, with anything, little things you have, like little rituals? Yeah, my unpacking ritual is exact. As soon as I check into the room, I go, I immediately put my, put my bag on the dresser, not the bed, because you don't know if there's bed bugs. <laughs> and I put my toiletry bag in the bathroom. I open it all out. I put everything on the counter. I put all my clothes in drawers. Wow, you're a drawer guy. You use the drawers. the drawers. Dang. And then and then I watch some porn, and then I work <laughs> out, and then I go do the show. Are you still making decks with your son? Oh God, it's been a while. Yeah. Now we yeah we used to make skateboards, and uh, and then my daughter got into it. My daughter got into surfing, and so she she used to get up before school from middle school all the way through high school. She would get up a couple days before school in the morning and she'd go surf at six o'clock in the morning as the sun was coming up. No way. And so so they're real Venice kids like skateboarding. Now you gotta make surfing. you gotta shape some shape some boards with yeah, uh, with that's her. A new thing. Uh, right. from your podcast to your stuff on Howard Stern, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, Emmy Award winning writer, I mean the dramedy of uh, the road dog, you gotta check it out. Thank you so much, Greg. Really big fan of yours, and thank you so much for taking the time to chat and I uh, appreciate you very, very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm up in Adam. Some say life is where it begins. Straight to the stars is where it is. Only to start again. Our thanks to Greg Fitzsimmons for being up in Adam. Coming up next, we'll talk about our breaking and entering Christmas. First, McClintock's 
the place to be since 1973. That's 50 years McClintock's has had that heritage status, not just the Shell Beach Steakhouse, but the saloon. I've been into the McClintock's Recipe 15. This is their collab whiskey that they did with Maker's Mark. Private selection, one-of-a-kind expression of Maker's Mark exclusively created for McClintock's. Not only can you enjoy it there, like in a Manhattan or at the bar, but you can have this at the house as well. For holiday parties, private events, or just a nice dinner out, check out McClintock's.com. All right, our breaking and entering Christmas. It is our community uncorked segment. Want to thank our friends at Dow Vineyards, DowVineyards.com, for having such a heart for local broadcasting, for what we do here, and for our breaking and entering Christmas. We're going to be talking about all sorts of nonprofit, unsung heroes, things that are just really, really great in the spirit of giving in the community. But for now, and until we do our breaking and entering Christmas, our community uncorked segment is going to be about just that. Zeroing in on a family is one of the most, it's one of the hardest and most rewarding aspects about our Breaking and Entering Christmas. Soon, you're going to learn about a family that we're going to be doing our Breaking and Entering Christmas for. We're going to change the names and ages of the little ones so that this family maintains anonymity the entire time. Maybe you're going to hear something and go, oh, I want to donate something to the daughter. Or I feel, you know, my heart is just pounding for, for this little boy that you told me about. Go to adamonteal.com. You can get the latest. And when we announce the family tomorrow, you'll be able to look up and see on adamonteal.com maybe some sizes, maybe some things, just some stuff, interest that these little ones have. And it can help lead you in the way you want to give. Still taking donations, uh, whether it's, I had somebody, Ginny had a friend bring by some decorations and lights. Incredible. Wrapping paper, need to get our hands on some more wrapping paper. So let us know any way you want to help with our breaking and entering Christmas. It is approaching faster than you know. Go to adamonteal.com, click on our breaking and entering Christmas, and get the 411 there. Thanks so much to not only Dow Vineyards for giving us our community uncorked segment, but also our friends at United Staffing Associates who have been a supporter of our Breaking and Entering Christmas for years. They provide staffing, career resources, offer expert help and services in HR consulting, safety training, recruiting, payroll, and more. If you're a job seeker, they will help you find a job. And if you are an employer, Temp to hire, staffing, holiday work, direct placements, executive search, even someone to do your payroll. Call my friends at United Staffing Associates. UnitedWeStaff.com is the website. Log on and learn more. Any show ideas, business ideas, topic ideas, let me know. Hit me up. AdamOnTeal.com. Hit the Stay Connected tab. The messages come straight to me. Also recently published another Where Wine Takes You, my podcast with Paso Wine. We talked to our friends at Dow, Maeve Pescara. She's the senior vice president over there at Dow Vineyards and Nita and Kunal Mittal. We break down Cab Franc and not just why it's a special wine, especially by itself, but why it is so special here on the Central Coast. Where Wine Takes You is also available wherever you get your podcasts, like right here. So wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to that. Where Wine Takes You, you can also log on to PasoWine.com. Thank you in advance for rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with a friend. It means so, so much. Original music on the podcast, start again from Moonshiner Collective. Stream them wherever you get your music or learn more, moonshinercollective.com. Thanks to Full Cup Solutions for technical consideration. I am your host, Adam Montiel. I hope you have a fantastic beginning to your week. Thanks for making us your first podcast of the day. Thanks for being up and at them. Some say- 
Only to start again Let's start again We'll start again Let's start again 